Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this is episode 59, and we are reviewing... Nope. So we've come uh, straight from the cinema um, in the middle of this heat wave to check out uh, Jordan Peele's third movie, uh, Nope, which I believe came out a few weeks ago in America, uh, but it is opening day for it in the UK today. So we thought we'd go and we'd drop our review early. Um, and as always, just before we get into it, um, uh, we've had a lot of listens for our episode of Prey, uh, which is always great. Um, we've had a lot of new listeners, a lot of old listeners. So thank you for listening. Uh, just make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get the episode as soon as it comes. Uh, we're very grateful for you know people checking us out and for the new uh, for the new listeners. So thank you. Just remember to subscribe and leave us a lovely review. Um, so we're not you know we're going to do this as we as we usually do when we we do our reviews. We'll be talking about kind of spoiler free thoughts. Um, and then we'll give a countdown and we'll go into kind of um, our main scenes that we enjoyed, didn't enjoy that kind of stuff. But we'll give you a countdown for that. Yeah. So, um, nope. So this is followed from Get Out and Us. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Us, as I mentioned before. I was going to try and catch it this week, but I didn't get around to seeing Us. I've seen Get Out. Yeah. Um, get Out is pretty much it. You know, as good as people normally tend to say, it like maybe a little bit overhyped at times, but it's it's a very well made film with a very good social commentary with built in within this kind of weird psychedelic kind of horror that's kind of yeah. In there. I read I um so I've seen Get Out and Us. Um, I saw uh, Get Out in the cinema. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, you know, Daniel uh, Kalua. Um, I think the first time I saw him was in Skins, I think. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Um, back in the day in the, in the old UK. Um, so it was really good to see him in a film. And he's, he's he is almost Jordan Peele's muse, being in his, you know, uh, a lead in two of his three films. Yeah, um, I believe I, Jordan Peele actually said he's like his... Uh, De Niro. De Niro yeah, which is cool. Um, I, and I really enjoyed uh, Get Out. Us, I thought, started off um, strong and then, for me, kind of lost its way a bit in the middle. But yet again, had some some good social commentary, had an amazing performance from uh, Lupita. Um, and I think this film, um, it's been kind of... A, it, it, it's an interesting film, I think. Um, it definitely is. It, uh, it, it's an interesting concept. Just thinking about... Um, us, as I haven't seen it, I, I just want to ask, is Us, does it have more graphic violence? Does it show more blood or I, gore or anything like that? Because Get Out didn't really. I don't remember it being... I've seen like clips in like yeah. in scenes and stuff where it looked like there was like knives or blood or someone getting dragged across the ground in like blood. But I was wondering, does it actually ever show any like actual... I've only violence. seen it once. I can't remember there being a whole lot. There's a lot of implied violence. Yeah. Um, but and I there's mean, some I, graphic I mean, scenes, but I can't, but in you know, there's bit there's nothing, you know, like torture porn levels of gore or anything like that. But there are some graphic scenes that I do remember. Because this has I mean, this only has very few moments, but mainly it is very not like graphic really no. at all. It, it has so uh, it has some strong visuals, definitely. Oh yeah. But in terms of it, like, if you're thinking of this as going to give you some kind of 
as a horror film is you're thinking this is going to give you some kind of like graphic or gory kind of shots or scenes. Not really, not, not really the outside of maybe a couple of little, you know, tiny little bits that kind of give us some body part, some body or some, yeah. some uh, eyes or things like that kind of thing, like little parts. Yeah. It was just a, it was just a thought that popped into my head because it's something I noticed when I was watching with a Jordan Peele film is from what I've seen of his work so far, it's actually, it's suspenseful. It's, uh, he's very Hitchcock, Hitchcock kind of yeah. in style. Uh, he likes to kind of keep it close to his chest, whatever I think he know, uh, like knows about a film. But they rarely delve into, so far that I found so far, into like the full-on like violence of things. It's normally like off shot if there is some kind of violence or it's normally, not that there's not blood or things like that, but it's normally like more what your imagination builds yeah. is what he seems to create. Yeah, and he, um, he's quite good, you know, for uh, throwing off kind of... Uh, you know, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's it's, it's late when we're recording this. Yeah. He, you know, try to try to throw off, uh, you know, what people think might happen. Well, he leaves yeah. like an aura of mystery around his film. And he, he's lucky now that Get Out was so, so successful that he's pretty much, he's he's in, he's literally at the moment, he's in that kind of Christopher Nolan kind of category where basically some of the only people, like a few directors that actually get to make fully original content. Yeah. And they don't kind of seem to get much interruption into that. They kind of get to do what they want to do and bring it out because like Christopher Nolan, all of his films, they always have a sense of mystery. They release trailers, but they don't really tell you anything about what it's really about or, you know, things like that. You know, uh, if you've seen, if you saw any of the early work of say Inception or uh, Tenant or even his new one, Oppenheimer, that one's a bit more obvious because it's about an actual person. So yeah. you've got to kind of assume, you know? Well, I think part of that comes from, um, because Jordan Peele's a producer, you know, he is part of, he, yeah. he created Monkey Paw Productions. Yeah. Um, which this is produced by, um, obviously well, with Universal Pictures. He's writer, producer, and director. And director so. so he's he's, he's doing it all. He's doing the whole the auteur kind the of auteur, thing. Yeah. But having the the vision is fully Jordan Peele's kind yeah. of thing. Um, um, it's just it's just interesting that he's got himself to that point where he gets to be this kind of. So I think this kind of helps lean into what you might experience when you come to this film because. You might have watched the trailers and things like that, but if you've watched Get Out and Us, you're going to come in with probably, I'd like to hope, very little knowledge of actually what's going on. You might have seen shots. You might have an idea that this is, a, you know, an alien film or something like that, but it's you don't know what kind of alien film it is or anything yeah. like that. It's not really a spoiler because that is shown in majority of trailers and majority of content have kind of shown that it is of some kind of alien film, but we don't really know in what vein yeah so coming into this film i think we both were kind of in the situation where we had no idea really where he was going to go with this at all no apart from knowing that there's an, a ufo of some kind we like that yeah. we've seen in one single shot in a trailer yeah and so then we... the sunk in the clouds that's yeah. about it <laughs> and we you don't know where he's going to go with it which which adds a nice kind of for his films, I guess it's more of a, it comes with its own suspense before you've even started watching the film because you're kind of suspensefully watching to be like, is this when it's going to kick off? Is this when it's going to happen? And that's both 
can sometimes be positives and negatives with this film. Yeah. <laughs> with and, Nope. Um, and I think, you know, one one thing about Jordan Peele um, is he, he does obviously have a, a comedy background, kind of going from... Um, Peel and Key and Peel. I can never remember which <laughs> way it is. I think it's Key and Peel. It's Key Peel. Yeah. It's um, a very funny show. Yeah. You know, um, and I think, you know, he's because of that, I think a lot of the times his writing is extremely strong. He, you know, he can, he yeah. can make, com- you know, he can add comedy into his films without it kind of feeling forced. And the thing that I will say about his films and particularly Nope is, it's quite often very character driven and a lot of the performances we get are extremely strong. You know, um, in this film, for instance, Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer are the kind of the two main characters. Um, yeah. We do, we do have uh, Stephen Yen in it um, and he's, he's good for what he's in, but I, you know, I didn't really feel like he was in a large chunk of the film, you know. He got... No, he, he's not. He, he technically does have a key role in this yeah. film. He does have a key role in this film. Um, and and that, that's not a spoiler to say, it's just the way he's used in the film. He's yeah. kind of... Uh, but but he is actually quite a key to, like, a backstory of this film. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Michael Wincott is very good, again, in what he's in kind of thing. Yeah. Is that he... he I mean, I, I I said I said as we were leaving, and to me, I I feel this is very true that this is an alien deconstruction of Jaws. This is a film where Jaws had, yes, everyone kind of tends to remember all of the scenes with Jaws. Yeah, <laughs> as I'm referring to it as Jaws, <laughs> Jaws the know, shark, the Jaws the shark. Um, what well, you know, whatever you know, you want to call the shark, um, but. Um, people tend to forget that that film is actually almost two hours long and actually is mainly filled with a lot of scenes of family and, you know, the sheriff and the yeah. discussion with the town and what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And that's what this film is. This is a film that is chocked full of scenes like that, which some people might find boring Yeah, in some parts, but... It's also then laced throughout like a good Spielberg or Hitchcock or thriller. It has these moments where because you know so little about it, you're kind of sat there like, oh, what's what's this? What's like when's this coming? Yeah. There's there's darkness and the power's going out, and you know, you're not quite sure what's making that noise, and you've got weird noises coming in the air, and you've got and also because the marketing so so much around the clouds. Gotta be honest, I was constantly looking at the collab, yeah. which were, were, like worked as well to build the suspense in my own head, purely because of this weird kind of you know the way that the marketing you know, yeah. pointed me towards that. Yeah, I can I can see what you mean, um, and I think that that's a that's a good analogy for that. Um, well, I, I I think it also like the the, the main can... part of that I didn't mention was the fact that it also. The, the the UFO part, not going into that too much, but that is very, we're not really revealing it. We're just kind of like like the shark. Yeah. You know, we're kind of just hinting at where it is and things like that. And, you know, and even that kind of, I'm not going to say there's not like a body count because there's actually, a, <laughs> there is a, there is yeah, a body there count. Is. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's just that it, in my head, this is definitely what I could see the whole time I was watching. It was just like 
yeah, that's a total, that feels like a throwback, throwback. But I'm not saying that this is an original because it does have some very original ideas within it. Yeah. You know, there's some very good ideas and there's some ideas I really loved. And there are some scenes that are like fantastic. I gotta be honest, this is really hard because this is a film which you should go in blind. Yeah. And you're listening to this. And I feel like this is why we're gonna have to move past the spoiler bit really quickly because I'm struggling to talk about this without actually talking about what happens. Yes. And a Jordan Peele film, like as we've found, you kind of need to go in blind. So you can listen to this and this is fine, but I feel like we're going to struggle <laughs> to yeah. talk. Well, know. I mean, for me, I because, so yeah. summarize what you're uh, so to, for for me to summarize. Um, I I did re I did enjoy the film. I was going to say I did really enjoy it, but I don't think I did really enjoy it. Um, I there were some scenes. Um, performances were extremely strong, particularly Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, um, and whoever played Angel. I thought those performances were strong. Um, I thought that the uh, I thought the cinematography was great. Yeah. There were some there were some scenes in it, mainly the scenes that took place at night, which I think were filled with really good tension. But then there were large parts of the film where unfortunately I didn't really feel like there was any tension or uh, particularly um, after a, after a, a particularly great scene that takes place during a storm, we then get to the final act of the film or the final chapter, which we'll see, because it's kind of broken down into chapters. And then I kind of didn't really feel any tension. Um, I... Uh, the social commentary I thought was interesting and I kind of, I thought it was, it was a good idea and I thought it was, Get Out was um, was good, but at times it felt a little heavy-handed in some of its messages. This, fi- this film, I think, managed the social commentary better, but there was one, one scene in particular, which would make sense, but when I was watching it, I was kind of like, this is this this is getting smacked on the head with it. It was a bit too laying it on thick. And I was like, yeah, I get it. You know, it's kind of like Can you give a hint without giving a spoiler? Um it's a character turning up. TMZ. TMZ. Just say TMZ. TMZ. So when you well, see the film, you you'll know what it is. Yeah, at that scene, I was like. That, that that was the only one that seemed a bit like okay you're yeah yeah you're, you're cramming it down you're cramming that one that one's yeah. a bit in your face. If I didn't get it you're cramming it yeah, yeah, yeah but I, I mean I I'd recommend it I don't I still think Get Out is his best film um I I would say I, I think I prefer this to Us um because for me I think Us started good and then I kind of lost a bit of interest in it um. But I mean, I would I would recommend somebody seeing it because it's new horror. Yeah. I mean, me and you disagree on things. You know, people <laughs> are allowed to have their opinions on films, and just because I think it was okay doesn't mean that somebody else isn't going to love it. You know, so no, I would no. definitely go in it, and I would go in blind, and then I would come back, and if you agree with me, cool. 
if you don't agree with me, respectfully let me know <laughs> over on Twitter or Instagram at CMTH Podcast. What about summarise for you, Eva? Yeah, I will just, uh, while I was listening to you, there was one bit when you said there are some scenes and then you had a pause and I thought that that was your comment. Oh, <laughs> there were some scenes. In this film, there were some scenes. <laughs> there was scenes. Uh, that sounded scenes. like, the like at, at that point, I was like, you, are you stopping? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, that sounds like a damning, like negative, positive, mm-hmm. The negative impact of this film. <laughs> this film is like the vaguest like way to be nice about saying like it had scenes. <laughs> yeah, um, there were people in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the, other thing, the other thing is, did you see us in the cinema? No. You see, I, I just wonder if that has another impact because Get Out and Nope both saw in the cinema. Maybe. And us, I don't know why, but there's definitely you got to admit there's something about watching it at home that when you're not quite into certain scenes in a cinema, you're you're in. Yeah, you're stuck in. When you're not quite into certain scenes at home, you can kind of let yourself drift away or maybe look at your phone. You know yeah, I mean? potentially. Yeah, that kind of thing. I just I just wonder how it does it's interesting how the impact of like cinema can change certain things. Yeah, I do definitely. think that has an important impact on how we view certain films. Yeah. Um you so for so me, um I've already mentioned my analogy and I will go more into the spoiler bit into why in many, many ways this is basically Jaws. But <laughs> I'm not giving up on that one. But um, I, I, for the, I, for the most part, really enjoyed it. I like character-based films. It's, it's a slow build. It doesn't jump straight into it. It is a bit of a slow build to get to it. Um, but I do think that that kind of helps with building in some ways the tension because you are just continually wondering what is doing it. It's not that we don't get ideas of what might be happening. We do get things that start to like trink, like, I don't know, I've lost my last couple. My words have just, trickle is the word I wanted, yeah. Well, I just completely, my brain shut down for a second there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they kind of trickle in like as you're going through, but... For some people who don't kind of like that, that's one thing that I'd say, like, if you're not the kind of person who likes, probably, if basically, if you didn't like Jordan Peele's other films, which have a similar kind of slow build, kind of listening to characters, watching characters, uh, then this probably isn't going to be for you kind of thing. But um, I do think that there are some scenes in this which I thought like, wow. And there was one part you mentioned about the storm part, which when we watched that, when I watched that scene, I was like, up until that point, because it built it, because it had that slow build, I thought it built to that so fantastically. Yeah. Like a scene that comes before the storm as well. That whole thing, I was like, it, it just introduced like what the main concept of the film kind of was. And then we built into these several scenes, one after the other, which were really strong. And that part in the film, which is about just past probably the mid to like just before the final third act, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Like kind of, I don't know if it's the beginning or if it's just That's the it. end of the second or the beginning of the third act. It kind feels of kind of the beginning of the third, beginning of the third yeah. act. I, I I think that part I thought I I'm, I'm totally into this film. I like I think I'm going to love this film. Doesn't stick the landing is what I'd say. Yeah, the film doesn't quite stick the landing. It just where it goes just towards the end just starts to feel a little bit like don't think he quite knew where to go with it after that point. Did build it so expertly. There's a reason that this in particular is maybe a hard one to pull off to how do you stop this now? How do you come to a conclusion of this kind of Yeah. 
And, you know, and it's not quite as, this is a much more straightforward film than Get Out or I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I've heard that us is a little bit more complicated. There's a little bit more to understand with that. Whereas this one, I think is a bit more straightforward. Yes, there's lots of social commentary and stuff out there, but I feel like this is maybe Jordan Peele's most straightforward kind of film in, in some ways. There yeah. are a few little bits that you'll be questioning afterwards, but I don't think quite as much as say like Get Out like kind of left you with like, what's this? How's that worked? How that, you know, what are they trying to, what were they trying to say in some ways, even though, as you said, it was a bit heavy handed at times. There were still some parts of it you were like, what were they trying to say with that? There's not so much of that social commentary as what were they really trying to say? It's quite obvious, I think, what they were trying to say. Yeah. Um, and yes, as I said, it's at time, not very often, but one or two scenes maybe make it a little bit, again, heavy handed at times, but not nearly as much. He's definitely learning on that front to kind of, kind of subtly put it in there instead of just in your face kind of thing. Yeah. Right, I think yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> Do you want to count down for spoilers? All right, five, four, three, two, one. Daniel Kaluuya hangs down. <laughs> <laughs> of course he has. And everybody loved it. Everybody the, woman, the woman sat in front of us, especially loved it. <laughs> yeah, what did she say? I didn't hear. I don't. She was just happy the whole time. She was the. I don't know how often you get someone, but. The, she was just the kind of person that every time something funny happened, she was like the first one laughing. But then there was parts she was laughing at that a lot of other people I don't think. Yeah, I, I, I was sniggering at this, most of the parts she was, but she was very loud. She was loving like, it. She was loving it. She was thought it was great. Like yeah, uh, and for our American listeners, because we do get quite a few. Um, from what I've heard is you know in American cinemas people do laugh a lot. They do clap. They say things. That doesn't happen in English cinemas, does it? No. If, if you're watching a comedy or something, you know, funny happens, you'll get, you might you get, like, get one, you get, yeah, you'll get laughter, but you'll very rarely get people saying things loudly. You, you know, most of the times we just sit there and watch. You won't get, you won't get clapping. You won't get stuff literally like that. apart from say like Avengers Endgame when yeah. there was a big kind of buzz in the room. I think that's the only yeah. film I've seen where people were literally like making loud noises and oh my god, like you could see a reaction. And maybe occasionally on a few horror films Every you might get action or yeah, comedies, screen, like yeah. you said. But we definitely, yeah, for American listeners, we are not the kind. We do not clap at the end of a film like no, we'll we clap same. at the end of a theatre show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like because there are actual people in front of us. But I don't know why to us it seems like it. it I, maybe it's just us British. Maybe uptight. <laughs> maybe yeah. <laughs> we, we, we sit in a room, but then even at our cinemas, they even tell give you adverts before to basically be quiet, turn off your phone, don't make yeah. loud noises. Like ours very much tell us that. So I don't know what's happening, or maybe this is just a stereotype that picked up. And in most cinemas, you're like, what are you on about? Like no one, yes, only, yeah, no one, no one claps at our yeah. cinemas in America. At least... We're wrong getting touched. Like <laughs> yeah, but I have been to I said that I have been to a few films while I've been in America and they did clap. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I, I went to... Uh, <laughs> I went to see Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Dead Man's uh, Chest, I believe it was, or At World's End. Went to see it with a friend. My friend got so bored, he whacked off 
whilst next to me, <laughs> whilst Keanu Knight was in the screen. So, okay, right, that's, that, yeah. that's that's different. Now. Yeah, there you go. That's that's a picture of Britain for you. <laughs> it is whacking <laughs> off. It's it is. It's very funny. Uh, uh, but back prob- to the film. That's probably outwards end. That was a long ass film. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, back to the film. Uh-huh. Back to the film. Um, so, so some of the like key scenes. I mean, um, the opening scene and something that is laid out throughout it to, to jump with that one is the Gordy situation. Yeah. And now I know that you missed. You actually missed quite a lot of the I did, middle I scene of the film, wee, didn't I? Yeah. So you were gone for a wee. <laughs> so um, you you missed the 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 kind of the bit that gave a little bit more. Not not too much more. But basically, we have this opening scene of the film is the is the chimp who yeah. has gone crazy in the middle of what looks like a kind of sitcom shoot. You hear over the Universal, yeah, Universal, I think it is, over the Universal sign, you hear like the kind of crappy, corny kind of catch, yeah. catchphrases and audience laughter from a like sitcom-y show. And then when we actually get to see the scene, we just see like a bloody chimp who's like covered and you see that he's possibly been like you hear like thumping noises yeah um and then we get to see this played out later and we find that that is actually to kind of catch you well <laughs> that was um him obviously chasing and hunting down basically all of his cast members yeah uh one of which is the girl um yeah who's in it later who's in it later um I'm just trying to think of. I'm forgetting what uh, Stephen Young's character is called. Ricky, um, R- Ricky, yeah, Duke, Ricky, Jupiter. yeah, Dupe, yeah, Dupe Park, yeah, um, yeah, and he um, is. It sh- we find out that he, Ricky Stephen Young's character, was actually a boy on that sitcom. Yeah, so he was he was on the sitcom and he was under the table. And in the opening scene, we see this kind of odd. Um, like there's even a shoe that's kind of sat yeah. upright in this odd kind of weird way, and it, in the recreation scene, we uh, we actually get to see that the chip was like violently beating the character who played like his young sister on the show. Yeah, and he's like violently, and then we kind of see her, like him literally thumping down in there. We don't see it because she's actually hidden behind the sofa. Again, yeah. going back to that, she doesn't like. We get to hear it, we get to imagine it, but we don't actually see it. Yeah. And there's like a what sounds like a kind of violent like rip. Yeah. Which I believe is her face getting ripped off by yeah. the chimp. And then we see like the dad come down and he's like trying to control, like trying to stop the chimp, but the chimp chases him through to the other room and we see the chimp literally beat him down to death, I believe. Yeah. Uh, might not be to death. It, it's hard to say because they said that this was all kind of hidden. So if someone actually died, I feel like maybe they wouldn't have actually got away with hiding this kind of fact. Yeah. Because they say it's like played up on Saturday Night Live and things like that, which if it was actually people died and stuff, I feel like there wouldn't have been that kind of thing. Yeah. So I feel like it was just more of a traumatic kind of phase for him. Um, And the reason that I kind of bring up this kind of obviously opening scene, because one, it's kind of one that throughout the film, you'll be questioning why is this part of it anyway? Yeah. Why? How does this link to everything within the film, kind of thing? Apart from the fact that we obviously get to see that Ricky grew up and he's on the 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 ranch, the little theme park that he's made himself for the out yeah. west, and he's had a bunch of um, 
reality TV shows and he was even on a different TV show. Yeah. He's kind of almost trying to make money out of his youth a little bit. He's trying yeah. to reenact the youth. He's kind of one of those child stars kind of clinging to fame and success. Yeah. Know? And the Gordy part kind of um, comes in. I'm trying to take this to jump for a couple of parts, but the Gordy part, actually, the, the link is the idea that Stephen Young's character believes what we don't realise with, say, the UFO and stuff like that is that Stephen Young's character believes that because when he was younger, the chimp kind of, the chimp Gordy, we get to see Yeah, him, fist bump. He does the fist bump before he gets his brains blown out by whoever yeah. comes onto set. Um, he is traumatised by that, but he also, it makes him believe that he can make a connection yeah. with this UFO. And he can make this kind of bond like he had with the chimp. Yeah. And, it's, and as if the chimp kind of, it's almost like he wants to reenact his childhood in that way, as in go back to it and be like, make make the UFO the star of his show kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's kind of rebuilding that kind of odd relationship in that weird yeah, way. Yeah, that was my interpretation of it. Which yeah. I think is, which is ultimately leads to his, and lots of other people's down. Well, and yeah, I mean, go. Well, we might as well stay on that scene yeah. whilst we're on it. Um, and Stephen Young's role, called uh, <coughs> Stephen Young, Stephen Yen's role. Um, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought. I thought Stephen Yen was good. I mean, I only really know him from obviously The Walking Dead and a film that was that he did for Shudder, which was kind of a. Um, Belko experiment meets 28 days later kind of film. Rampage, yeah. I think it was called. I can't quite remember. Uh, with Samara Weaving. And, and in that, you know, I think he's I think he's he's a pretty talented actor. Um I just I, I wish that he would have got a few more scenes because we, you know, we, we get a few scenes with him, but overall, for for him being a character who is, you know, on the poster um, and is one of the big names attached to it. Mm. I actually think um, the guy who played Angel Torres, uh, Brandon Perea, um, I actually think he was pro- had probably had, more, had more scenes than He did have more scenes than yeah. Stephen Young only had maybe, say, four or five scenes before we get to this death yeah. scene. And like... the death scene was cool. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I liked that and I kind of liked the... I mean, we'll touch on it when we get to it, but, you know, the abduction in, you know, in, yeah. in, in air quotes and that kind of idea of, you know, how they're, how they're dying and being abducted slash digested, eaten, whatever. Yeah. I thought that looked really cool. And it, whilst you couldn't, whilst it wasn't overly gory, it was claustrophobic and it was tense and it felt horrid you know oh yeah that, that scene that scene was amazing so um you know obviously we had we have them all stood and he's trying to bring them down and uh this is also it's also a nice we get a nice little jump back here because obviously um D- daniel claire's oj yeah is talking about trying to buy back the horses that he's yeah. borrowed when actually it seems as if he's been using the horses as baits. So we, uh, up to this point, OJ and MM, uh, they think they're the only ones that are onto this, obviously. And we find out that actually 
Dupe has been onto it for quite a long time yeah. and actually been using these horses he's been buying to try and bring in what he hopes is like a main attraction for his kind of theme park. Yeah. Um, but um, Stephen Young, obviously, in, in this role, um, no, he doesn't get very much. I do kind of wonder if it's used for that reason, as in kind of a shock, kind of you didn't Maybe. expect them to go. Because one, I guess... One of the main things with, say, a horror film or this kind of thing yeah. is, or even a sci-fi film, quite often you don't expect to see an entire crowd of people be the victims. Yeah. Like you kind of expect it to be more like a one-by-one, one, I'll kind of take take you away kind of thing, or, yeah. or I'll take smaller groups. But this is literally what, like four or 30? I think it's supposed to be 40. And it's true in the day yeah, as well. It does say in the news report, it says 40, yeah. Um, so it's during the day as well, yeah. So we get this whole like nice scene. It's beautifully shot. We even get his sister from the sitcom, who we get, yeah. who you can see, whose face is like, obviously from a... From the animal the, attack. Animal attack. Um, which I, I just I just read about, um, although they said it wasn't really linked to anyone, there's literally a woman in 2009 um her her friend was a uh, chimp trainer yeah and uh, and um but her her best friend is um who was called Charlene uh she got her face oh shit literally like disfigured by a chimp and she went on to Oprah and is literally wearing basically that same veil hat just like she does yeah, in So he's kind of used that. And Oprah, this kind of Oprah shot is used as yeah. a term throughout the whole film kind of thing. So it's an interesting kind of like that he said yeah. it wasn't, but it it's too close to him not to have taken that inspiration from yeah. it. Um, but yeah, you get her disfigured and she's even got, she's even wearing a t-shirt with that. So it's almost as if he uses that as a kind of, look, I'm a good guy kind of thing. I've got, I'm kind of helping her yeah. kind of thing. Um, but no, the interesting part is, he's been using these horses for a while and a lot of this film so far has been the idea like almost that the that it's coming down and taking things and it seems like it's taking animals or mainly the horses off of yeah. the ranch kind of thing um and in this scene it kind of seems the opposite because it seems almost as if it's like i like i like you can't get to the horse but also it's kind of like well i've had plenty of those how about you yeah <laughs> kind of thing um now one interesting thing here, and I think this is because this is just before this is when it's really revealed as to what this is with Daniel Clue's character. Yeah. Um, but to put this into more context, because we said about again the claustrophobic, like that scene, like sucking it up. But the UFO is not what we expect of a UFO. Yeah, this is the part that I really liked. I really liked the idea of this. I was the opposite. I didn't like it. You didn't like that? No. Oh, I, I like the idea of instead of it being aliens inside of a spacecraft, it's the spacecraft is actually a living creature. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I and I'll, I'll clarify and say that I liked it until the end when I thought it went a bit too off and too far and I didn't actually yeah. need to see it in a different way. But I liked the idea that this classic UFO design that we see in all of these kind of shots and these all of these like... Yeah. 1950s style. I mean, I already liked it when I thought it was little. It was literally going to be little green men inside <laughs> of a. When it thought it was little green men inside of a thing, I thought he's going proper B movie kind of yeah. aliens. Which I liked that idea, but I just think the concept having the idea to go, 
what if it's actually its own living beast yeah is a cool idea <laughs> and that's it i i won't say that it's not a cool idea because it i think it is a cool idea um but i think maybe it's it's me being somebody who does i love alien movies you know i'm, a, I'm massive on on x files um i you know i'm a I'm a, I'm a true believer. I'm one of the people who actually does believe that, you know, UFOs exist. And I love podcasts about weird shit and stuff like that. And, you know, I love all of that. And, you know, um, I was kind of, maybe that's it. Maybe I, because I was expecting that yeah. and I got a bit, uh, you know, I got a bit sucker punched by it. Not because, <laughs> you know, he does, he does this, he twists our expectations and he kind of does, you know, a slight of hand trick of you know this is what you think it is but it's something different yeah this is just watch having watched this going in not knowing anything and expecting this right now i i don't really like it it could be i watch this again and i go actually you know what i really like it or it could be that actually i still don't like it yeah. but as it stands <laughs> i didn't like it but like like i said we're not going to agree on everything no. and for me that was a point where i was kind of like because I had the idea that you know he he is gonna he's gonna subvert our expectations, and I was thinking maybe he would have aliens, and he might go down the you know the um, B movie route of having little green men or greys. They, they, they talked about it in the film. Yeah, they had. mentioned, and then we even get a scene which made us I like even for a second because uh, <laughs> I think that I, I think I saw Rob light up a little bit when we had. Yeah, the, I was like. The scene with the alien, what we think is the aliens in the barn. Yeah. Because we get these creepy little kind of round-headed, little beady-eyed kind of creatures yeah. roaming around in the barn. And we we even get one of our, like, I think that's even a nope. One of, like, the word is said several times throughout this film. Yeah. But I think this is even a nope as Daniel Cleaver's character decides to walk away when he sees these little creatures coming towards him. Yeah. And one hangs down in front of him and he punches he it in the face. It, yeah. And I like and, I really like you know, it. And, and, you know, and, and that was, that was, um, Jeep's children yeah. who were dressed up as the little ladies. So Jordan Peele definitely knew what he was doing when oh, he was messing 100%. with people. And he messed with me. But then I can't really, without taking that part, I can't really take the originality of this film. And I feel like subverting the expectation of what you think an alien is and therefore turning it into this kind of living old organism that actually is in the shape of that. I don't know. For me, for me personally, I just thought it was, I thought that was a really interesting idea. Yeah. I liked the fact that we took it in a different direction, um, you know, and it, it, it kind of, it kind of worked with the film, but uh, at the same time, as I said, there is a, towards the end of this film, when the alien changes form is when it lost me a little bit because I was perfectly happy with the form that it was in. So I didn't really see why it needed to suddenly turn into this weird, angel jellyfish whatever it was yeah. kind of creature um th that part is definitely a part when i think but we'll get towards the end in a minute no um, let, uh, let's talk let's about go back to that so... ranch scene a second okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, sorry the the the, the dupes death and the rest of them kind of thing now we have the this alien that sucks up so also likes the idea of tornadoes and the, the clouds yeah. hiding it so the cloud doesn't move but then the cloud suddenly is moving and it's hiding it hides behind the clouds which is is a very cool idea but i also like the idea that in somewhere that's so like kind of in a desert kind of region yeah it uses these kind of 
sandstorms or wind or the wind or tornadoes as an actual like as if you could have seen a tornado and that's actually one of them yeah. or you've seen that kind of weird cloud in the sky or those kind of things where you think you've seen something it could be that hiding behind something kind of thing i like that use of the idea and we get this tornado as it's coming until you kind of you can kind of see it in Stephen neil's performance where it kind of changes from you know i'm trying to be we're partners or i'm trying to be your friend or just like i was with the chimp like that worked out for me. This will work yeah. out for me. And then suddenly you see the experts and it's not going to work out for you. And you see them all kind of get sucked up. But I do love the fact that they go inside. You do see what looks like, I think it's one of the horses, yeah. skinless. I think as if it's like sucking yeah. the nutrients out of whatever it's kind of going. But it's all very quick, so you can't really see anything. Well, for me, it looked like, you know, intestines. Yeah, it's it did. like it, moving it, it them along like to digest them really like as you said claustrophobic is kind of the perfect because i was literally in there like that scene was just it was so sudden like the way it went from that to oh my god they're actually inside and we're suddenly inside it was so like odd and like grimy and like that yeah that kind of closed in kind of yeah. feeling and you were just like you were wondering if you were like again and this is where the kind of expectation, because you still didn't know, you knew it was an organism, but at the same time, you still weren't sure if they're about to be sucked up into something or they're about to see something else. Yeah. But instead you realize that actually, no, it leaves it there because no, that's just that. That's what they're going to be. They're inside of this organism yeah. and they are literally being eaten right now. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. And it's kind of hard to tell who you actually see, like who you see in those moments and things like that. But this whole scene then gives meaning to what happened at the very beginning with the dad yeah. kind of thing. But so does the storm scene that follows this. It's not yeah. really long after this scene that we... That we get the storm scene. I think just... before we get there, maybe let's let's talk about um, Daniel Kaluuya's uh, OJ and uh, Kiki Palmer's Emerald, you know? Yeah, I think so. If we jump back to the start, like I said, kind of yeah. thing about... We, we start get with Keith Mr. David, Mr. Keith David, Mr. Keith David, who I was excited to see. He's in a very minimal role here. Um, he's literally in two scenes, I think. Yeah. You hear his voice in a few scenes, yeah. but I think he's mainly in two scenes. Yeah, he's in this scene at the beginning where we kind of get to know Haywood Ranch and that they're they're kind of a Hollywood kind of they kind Hollywood of horses horses and that they kind of bring them onto sets and stuff like that. And it's the dad who kind of built this kind of company. And it's all based on the idea of the original, the first ever shot film of the, yeah. the, the black man riding on a horse kind yeah. of thing that kind of repeated the first ever. And they even say the line about, and it's, we hear M say it when it after her father's death. Yeah. Uh, when they're trying to sell it, it's just those two and OJ and M are not exactly the best team for this. Um, but um, it uh, it came from a father originally who said that you don't remember the first, you know, you don't remember the first ever person who was actually yeah. technically the first ever film star. Yeah. Like nobody that. knows his name. Like nobody really knows who his name. And what do they say? They nobody recognizes the first. Um, the first stuntman. The first maybe action star, yeah, and, and the is the first stuntman, the first something, and the first movie star, yeah. Uh, but they don't remember his name. You remember the yeah, you remember the movement. You might even remember the horse, but you don't actually remember the actor who was on yeah on the horse. And again, so this is a little bit of that social commentary of kind of the way that we get this with also with the horse on the ranch. This little bit of an idea of like that Hollywood kind of 
forgets that media that all these kind yeah. of they kind of forget who made where they came from yeah. they're at such a point where they're moving on and we even get that where we even get that that scene with um oj and m that kind of links to this we even get that in that scene where they're trying to be like the stunt coordinators yeah. for the horse and the fact that the second it goes wrong replaced with a cgi horse yeah it's replaced straight away like the old showbiz ways the old ways of doing it we're kind of and I do think Jordan Peele is trying to stay on the fact that we're moving away from that kind of idea of that kind of old showbiz ways, the old practical ways. Yeah. Like that. There's none of that kind of the same way that he kind of likes his old, I'd say, yeah. Hitchcock, Hitchcockian ways. Yeah, I also, you know? I also think it's kind of about black erasure, you know. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, because it, it's it's made a point that if, you know, the, that the man is a black man riding the horse. Yeah. And you remember that... The, the I don't know if you would say director's name, I can't remember what they say, but you remember the name of the person who shot the footage and presented it, but you don't remember the name of the, the black jockey riding. Um, well, yeah, because that, that's definitely evident in one, you've got these two, the only two black people in the room in yeah. that stage are the people who are helping to do something like that. Everyone else who's in charge, or anyone else who's like the people that are actually meant to be the stars, these are the people at the side, they're all white. Yeah. It's even thrown to, to like one little like jump, because I know I'll forget this later, is the fact that Michael Wincott's character, who is the famed cinematographer, yeah. the white kind of famed cinematographer, the guy who's meant to get this shot, who's meant to get this Oprah shot. Yeah. And it's M who gets it at the end. Yeah, it's the opposite of your the whole film. You're expecting him. He even gives up his life to kind of make yeah. this shot. He's so like, I have to be the one who's the one who gets this power shot. I have to be the one to get this impossible shot. Yeah, and she's the one that gets it on this kind of just that, kind of, that kind of cool. you know. Yeah, it's that kind of again. It's that kind of commentary of like, it's not that guy. It's like we need to take back some of that power that you've yeah. kind of taken away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good but, social commentary again, and I don't yeah. think that was too. No, no, I thought that was good. I know. don't think that was too in your face, and, it was and a... that's where I expected the um, the subversion to come in. You know, and I know this is going to sound really stupid, but I was thinking, is is it going to be like the? Is this going to be almost borderline like Predator, the Predator, yeah. when it's like when the Predator's coming to harvest people with. Autism. I was like, so is the alien coming to harvest black people? <laughs> and I, and I know it sounds stupid <laughs> because I was seriously expecting little green men or greys. So I was thinking, like, is there is that how he's got to try and play with the subversion somehow? Yeah, I don't. I, think, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I could. I could kind of see them because literally, you are like this is one thing because we know so little. We go into these films constantly thinking, "This is what is it? What is it? What is it? What's the twist or what's going on here?" Like as I mentioned earlier about the Christopher Nolan thing, it tends to be the same thing in his films. You're kind of sat there like, "What is it? What's the twist or or why are they doing this or what what's the reason for this kind of thing?" You're sat there thinking that. So I I get why you jump certain things, and he has also had obviously as a black direct, you know, black writer, director, producer. He's also he's had a kind of common theme 
of this kind of black culture within his films. Yeah. So you can totally see him. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that one would be a little bit too on the nose. That <laughs> yeah, would be a bit heavy handed. Yeah, definitely would. <laughs> to be like, it's only taking the black people and, not, and keeping it all. It's only taking other cultures, but the white people stay yeah. strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. That <laughs> yeah, but that's what I was expecting in like the first like couple of minutes. I don't know why. Um, but... I mean, going to what I was going uh, to mention about Daniel Kalu and Kiki Palmer's performances, um, they I, I kind of feel like performance-wise, they're almost kind of op- opposites. I think they're, they're kind of supposed to be portrayed as opposites because, you know, Otis, OJ, you know, is very much... Um, it's quite Dan. I mean, I, I think Daniel Kaluuya gives a great performance. Mm-hmm. And what I kind of love is that um, obviously Nicholas Holt and I can't remember who played Effie, you know, um, um, KSS Scalario or something. I can never pronounce it. You know, when when About a Boy came out and Nicholas Holt was like the guy to go to, and, you know, he was the lead of Skins and stuff like that. But now you have, you know, Daniel Kaluuya and um, Dev Patel, Patel, who were kind of, who were doing a lot more starring roles. And I kind of find it cool that they were both in Skins. Um, I'm sure somebody went to a, a because they used to have Skins parties. Yeah. And I'm sure Daniel, like Kaluuya was a guest at one of them or something like that. (laughs) And it was basically like in um, like the Guild Hall. So it was kind of for people who don't know what, the guild hall is or like a community community center it's is. kind of like a town hall it's like a town hall yeah yeah so it's like a, yeah it's like <laughs> a little party at a town hall where daniel kalua and like members of the skins cast would be and they would just play music and it was really weird um <laughs> i do remember i remember his character quite clearly and it, again it shows his range because in that he again even back then he kind of had the range because in that he when you first see him it, he's meant to act like he's this like proper like rap kind of yeah. kid you know this kind of gangster kind of kid and the second he sits down to actually away from like bit and that that was a skins kind of thing like he was with these more like uh these kind of like chabby kind of kids yeah or or with the other black kids kind of thing and he's acting one way he goes over to sit with the white people and suddenly he's speaking in this posh english voice. Yeah. <laughs> and it was very funny his performance even back then and that was his first ever acting role and he was very very funny about then he yeah. showed his range so the fact that i know that in just one scene from skins he could do that then he can be this American with a flawless American accent, to be fair. Yeah. Like, um, it's just, like, a lot of people I've heard, like, they thought Daniel Clare was American. <laughs> yeah. So, and, I mean, the thing that I kind of love about his role is it's almost, it's quite the opposite of um, his character in Get Out. I can't remember his name in Get Out, but in Get Out, he's he's quite confident. He's he's quite witty. He's quite funny. In this, he's, he, he, he's quite often not, he doesn't speak a whole lot, you know, in the first scene where we get him when he is kind of, you know, the horse handler, he's he's very kind of, he feels, he looks very awkward and he looks kind of out of his place. And then throughout the film, he's just very subtle, you know, a lot of his acting is kind of in his eyes and in the the, the way in which he delivers things. He did, It's not like he has long sprawling monologues or loads or even loads of dialogue. He doesn't. He's yeah. He doesn't actually have that much. He doesn't actually talk too often. Actually, no. He probably says the least amount of words of those group of people, especially yeah. 
M is the talker, as yeah. we from the vote well, again that scene well, yeah. early on. Well, he's not talking, he's not confident in that way. He's not confident to talk in front of people. He's a good handler, he understands animals. Yeah. We get those kind of parts of him that he gets like what's good for the animals, but he's not really a people kind of person. And yet also this kind of subdued point is also what helps certain scenes be. It makes Jordan Pills more funny scenes in this film land. Because yeah. he's so subdued that when he when he actually acts out like because even his sister says that he's changed since his dad's death yeah um, that he kind of is a bit more invert kind of thing yeah um, but then we get occasional breaks when you can see he's they're doing this but he's actually kind of enjoying himself he's yeah. kind of being back in this kind of role so any scene when he basically says nope or not or yeah. you know basically but it's played so well because you see him being so serious as if he's going to approach something and then it's literally like there's it, it's literally it's one of those things where jordan peele's kind of saying this is what the dumb black guy would do yeah he ain't gonna do that he's not the dumb black guy so he literally goes nope and i'm out yeah i'm gone you know i'm out of this room or even that scene when him and m when they get really excited about the fact that they've that the um the, the Wincott's from... camera, yeah. Uh, Antlers Hoist. Hoist? Holst. Holst. Yeah. Um, anyway, Michael Wincott's character has a non-electric camera and they yeah. do that kind of, that clack, clack. You know? That was awesome. That was so funny. But again, it was because it was so sparingly kind of laid out yeah. that it was funny. You enjoyed seeing his character suddenly have a moment of joy because most of the time he's quite kind of closed down. It felt real. Yeah, because you know you i think the thing is but particularly my trouble with marvel films i know i haven't said about marvel films for (laughs) many a good few episodes is you know or any kind of potential film like this is sometimes when you get every other line is a wisecrack or like you get something like that it gets to the point where oh yeah you know it ruins that it ruins it and it Whereas when you get a character who is quite subdued like OJ and then you, and you get a scene like that, it kind of makes it feel like the bond is real there, you know? I mean, I'm sure oh, yeah. that they, they probably are good friends. I can't imagine you would work with somebody on a film and not be friends yeah. with them. Um, but he's also, well, he's an actor. I guess they work with everyone, but he's also very comfortable, I think, working with Jordan Peele, obviously. He's obviously yeah. very, he gets what Jordan Peele, and, and again, we talked earlier about the fact that Jordan Peele, as a comedy writer before this, he understands what's funny. Yeah. Um, he understands build up to being funny as well. He understands how to lay it out and not just have to just lean way too into it. He's not a throw everything at the wall and hope something's funny kind of thing. Which, yeah. To jump back to Marvel, if anyone's seen the most recent four film, that was the most recent four film. It was, yeah. it was literally throw everything that's funny that could possibly be to the point where every character no longer seemed like they're real or realistic in any way. Yeah. Like that. Like, but he knows how to. Jordan Peele knows how to lay this out. But the I think the most interesting people found is that even when they went to get out, say with Jordan Peele, was the fact that he was a comedy kind of thing. Yes, it had some t- satirical or even funny moments within the film, but it was more the fact that it's actually very serious yeah. in its approach. But it lays out, and as we've said, it kind of trickles in those kind of satirical moments, which again, it just kind of breaks the tension at certain points. Yeah. But that's because there is a lot of tension. This is a suspense-filled film. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't think there was as much tension. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think about 
I try to think about it. And whilst I think it was a really, I think it's a really sh- strong movie. Um, I, I don't, I didn't feel there was much tension, you know, because there were a lot of the scenes where we saw the, uh, you know, the the UFO or the alien or whatever we're going to call it. I maybe, you know, for this is for me, maybe in the subversion of expectation of having a lot of the scenes of it during the day, Mm. you know, maybe in that and him thinking, well, actually it's not just a night thing, you know, it's about, it's during the day for me, maybe sacrificed a bit of the tension for that subversion. That's just my kind of thoughts. I can't, I mean, I won't, I can't say it's not a a well-made film because (laughs) the writing I mean, I know we briefly touched on Kiki Palmer, but she can act her ass off, man. She she was great throughout the whole film. Um, yeah, and again, it's not... I've seen Kiki Palmer on a few things, and she's not playing exactly the same thing she's been in several other... You know, yeah. She's not playing exactly... She's a very, like, hyper, over-the-top kind of character in, in this yeah. uncertainty. And she balances OJ out well. She and- does balance her out. There is a point early on when I started to think, is she going to be a really annoying character? Like, is yeah. she going to be a one-dimensional kind of, that's all that's to her? But you you do slowly get more kind yeah. of idea about her and that she's not just, and she's not just going to leave her brother. And she's obviously, the only reason she's in this for half the film is because she's not just going to leave her brother to do yeah. it. And she knows her brother won't leave. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing which builds, like, at the end, kind of, is one part yeah. that kind of works because right. of that build-up for the film. But the, te- the I don't know, I just think that there are plenty of, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the probably the best scene in the film, which yeah. is the storm. Um, but, you know, like the aliens, the, the opening scene where we have the bits falling out of the air, you yeah. just hear the hitting the ground, and then obviously we see your dad fall off and... We find like out it's a, a coin, that, yeah. yeah, that's gone into that went into his eye that killed him, um, you know, and and lots of other things like we see a key that's landed into it. So we know from later that, and again in the storm, which confirms this to us that all of those bits that are falling out are the bits that it's taken from other people. Yeah. So people have already been taken because these were whatever possessions were on the people, kind of falling yeah. out of the sky in this kind of. Odd. So, so that's a very clever little part, the idea of the falling people's and the fact that from that height, yes, that is actually going to be deadly weapons that are falling oh, yeah, down when actually it's just it's just the the alien, the UFO dropping out all of the stuff. It's basically yeah. having a shit on you. Yeah, basically. It's shitting out all the stuff it doesn't want, which is basically just the possession. So, yeah. you know, but the, the loads of the the storm, the the at the theme park when Stephen Young's, but again, I, I think tension purely because I think not knowing what's going to happen, I think that alone, like, I don't know, I might find less on the second viewing because I know what's going to happen. Maybe. Yeah. But I just felt it kind of running through at the beginning because I was kind of wondering what's what's coming. Every time he looked up or noticed something in the clouds or the sky. And yeah, I get the whole, once you see it more and more, you start to lose a little bit of that tension when it's like moving through the you know, through the sky kind of thing. Yeah. But again, that's, you know, that's why I said Jaws, because it's it's in, the, yes, it's that moving around the sky. It's the same way the, the shark was moving around the water yeah. kind of thing. It's that kind of parallel of you're kind of seeing it waving, but when's it going to come for you kind of thing? You're watching it kind of move around in the water. You're watching it come like that kind of way. Um, yeah, so it's it's that kind of thing. I, I, I kind of liked, I kind of thought the suspenseful tension part was the part 
that kind of did work in the film. Yeah. Whereas when certain parts, and I don't know, there's there's not actually that many parts I don't find didn't work. It's for me, it mainly is towards the end that I just kind of felt a little bit mm, didn't quite work. Yeah. We'll I mean, come to that in a second. Should we talk about the storm? Let's talk about the TMZ first. Because I don't want to talk well, that's too part much. of the ending scene, though, isn't it? Okay, we talk about the storm. I just the I... storm comes like that, and then we lead into that, and we can yeah. talk about TMZ when he because he's kind of a part of that kind of okay. plan at the end. Yeah. Um. So, um, after this is pretty much following, we have um OJ. His he's gone to the the ranch or the free the theme park, yeah. whatever it is, and he's noticed that people aren't there. He's even been knocked on his ass when the it comes back and tries to get it. Yeah. Lucky the horse is still going. Yeah, lucky, lucky the horse care. is the it is lucky because it's the only horse that doesn't seem to get taken. No. <laughs> um and yeah, he this is when it this is the part when he confirms to himself that it's not just uh it's a living organism and that if you look at it, yeah, it seems to be that was one part that didn't completely work for me because it was like it was taking horses and stuff like that, and I don't know. <laughs> The horse staring right up at you Whoop. to make you notice it, and there was a little bit of a, a, I found a bit of a flaw to that kind of idea that you had to look at it for it to recognise you and therefore come after you. Yeah, I don't know why it, it seemed like a little bit of an easy, I don't know. It was it was like they were trying to come up for a reason why it would come after you. Yeah, and that was one that was one that I just thought wasn't quite fully formed as an idea. Yeah. Because of the people that have been taken before, I know, like, we get that because they were all, like, looking right up at it. Yeah. Of course they were. Um, but although, actually, again, I, I, I did, actually, Jordan Peele did say that this, the whole film came from the concept of, obviously, during COVID and stuff like that, the kind of, the fact that we were constantly indulging in content of, you know, basically, like, grim death. Yeah. He wanted to make a film like that. But also the main thing was, and, and I guess this is where this comes from, this is why he's talking about the fact that people look at it and therefore, but why are you looking? Because you're actually bringing danger. Yeah. He linked it to when a car accident happens on a motorway or a freeway. Yeah, yeah. The idea that when a car accident happens on a freeway, the half the time the reason you've got traffic on your side of the road, which isn't the side of the road the traffic accident happened, is because cars start to slow down in order to look at what's happened. We as humans slow down, literally put our lives at risk to look at someone else's life yeah. who might have been lost. And that is like, that's the kind of thing he said kind of gave him the idea. He wanted to make a film where basically it's like the idea that do you realize you're looking at the thing that could actually kill you? Like in that situation, yeah. you slow down, you're more likely to cause an accident that could kill you. And yet you're doing it because you're so interested in death. And that also links to TMZ guy in a minute, I think, as to why that kind of this kind of idea of being so obsessed with the the blood in the the grim parts of life kind of can sometimes be overindulged yeah. with us. Well, that's it. I mean, did you see Logan Paul's tweet about it? I didn't see Logan. I've I've seen loads. Of, I didn't actually look at any of these articles because to be honest, Logan Paul's just twat. He is a twat. So... But it's it's an ironic one because you know, um, so Logan Paul put, you know. Nope is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. I love Jordan Peele and Kiki Palmer can act her ass off, but this movie is objectively slow and confusing with stretch themes that don't justify the pace of Fred. And the idea, you know, um, 
and the uh, the funny thing is, everyone was saying it's it's a film about people like you, you know, because obviously yeah. Jake Paul did the fucking suicide forest, you know, where he saw Body was laughing at it. Yeah. Um, and it and it's the irony, you know, is that it's we're we're looking at that, you know, people filming the trauma and people, you know, being watching it and engaging with it yeah. and not being able to look away almost. Yeah. You know? And like we said about the the old showbiz ways going away, the, the yeah. old or just in general, you know, the fact that, you know, we can now create content and barely have to have anything or have to have done anything to achieve yeah. that content. We don't have to be the hardworking people who work hard to train and plan and do all those things for, say, the horses, like in this yeah. film. Instead, we can just show up with a camera and suddenly we're stars. Yeah. Or we've got fame, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he is. And that, <laughs> and that is my problem. With we do the, stupid shit for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's the problem with because I, I I liked it and I was like, yeah, this is a pretty cool way of showing it, you know, because if this, you know, alien won't take you if you're not making eye contact with it, which I thought oh, is kind of cool um, because naturally people look at it and, you know, and they they compared this to like him, you know, Jordan Peele going Spielbergian, Spielbergian. Yeah. and, you know, in Spielberg, um Close encounters with the third kind and ET and anything he does with aliens, you yeah, always have yeah. the people doing the shot where they're staring up at it, you know, and it's the kind of it, it's twisting that on its head by you know not looking and looking at that's gonna get you killed. And I thought oh, that's a really cool way of getting it in and kind of doing it. But then when TMZ showed up, and I and, and somebody <laughs> showed up and I was like, oh, maybe this is like a government agent, I don't know. And then they were like TMZ. I was like, it to me it felt like you know um, when, like uh, in Wayne's World, you know when he's like, we won't bow down to any corporate backers, and yeah. he's like eating Pizza Hut and stuff like that. It's kind of like it just it was like it was almost to me like Jordan Peele going, do you get the message? If you yeah, haven't got the message this far. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to explain it to you, or I'm going to give you a really yeah, simple Yeah, he had a few of these kind of... Uh, there were a few little name drops and stuff. like There was one where they make a joke about the CW, which is like a very teen-orientated like channel. In well, America, I've seen in CW going around. I don't know what it means. C- CW is the place that makes shows like Vampire Diaries oh, and okay. all the Arrowverse, you know, Flash yeah. and things like that. Oh, seen and, saying that Arrowverse. You know, those kind of ones. And um, Riverdale and stuff like that. Oh, okay. It makes it basically makes all the tea like supernatural smallville they all started out on the c like cw and stuff like oh that. no so um they're always been that kind of orientated kind of thing so that's yeah. that was kind of the joke um which again i that was one of the only ones that didn't land for me because i was like and also the one about when stephen young's talking about snl and he's naming all of the actors oh, and he goes yeah. for a name one by one which felt a bit indulgent on Jordan Peele's part because I feel like he's talking about the actors who really like influenced him from like comedy background, SNL kind of thing. But because he's named that, I guess for an American audience, maybe, but even then, I think that it was a little bit too niche well, see, in its kind of delivery. It seemed that that whole scene was a little bit odd, the way he was talking about yeah, it. Yeah, for me, I, I, I got that scene and I thought it, that was just to say like this was 
the time period that it happened. Yeah. When they said the names, I didn't know any of them. Like, yeah. Saturday Night Live, I've never watched an episode. It's, yeah, it's not on TV over here. It's, it's uh, strictly yeah. an American it's, it's ba- Yeah, it's barely, it's barely shown. Like, there's uh, very few channels that would show. So I've like, never seen them. I think it's on Sky. That's the only one that has it. Sky, Sky's got like 900 channels. Yeah, right? exactly. It's, so it's, on, it's not that kind of thing, but that's only recently in the last few years it's even yeah. started to show it. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. So it's not a worldwide thing, but again, this is American, American director. So that's fair enough. It just, I just felt it was a little bit too, so those, some of those references were a little bit too like on the nose, like a little bit, you've made your kind of point, but you don't need to keep going on about certain things um, in that way. Um, so yeah, the TMZ guy showing up was a definite, you know, especially when basically, Yes, we hate those kind of guys. Like those, I don't know many people who love the idea of these people that come up and basically prey on the yeah. um, prey on the unsuspect, like the celebrities, and basically make their life hell by constantly following them with cameras and yeah. basically showing up all the time. You know, they they seem like dirtbags. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they do, normally do. Um, but to then be so like right, so this is the guy. The 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 electric motorbike scene, to be fair, was funny. Because oh, yeah, of the way funny. it works, that was funny. That was funny. But again, it made it less funny because it it made it work less because of the TMZ part. Yeah. Because it had been so like in your face. Because at first, this guy shows up with this kind of helmet. I just thought it was someone who was a person who was onto the UFO as well. Like at okay. first, when he rode up, because it had this weird shiny helmet with a thing and specific cameras and stuff like that. I thought it was someone else yeah. because there, there was this whole part of the storyline of, someone's going to poach this store if we're not the first ones to get to it. They are trying yeah. to be like the first ones to get there. There is a little bit of that kind of seeking fame part of the story. Snakes, um, so, and I feel like that could have worked fine to just leave it as a fellow competitive kind of person. Yeah. It, and again, when it said TMZ, so then it started to feel like you're being really on the nose by basically killing this person off in that kind of way as yeah. well. It's a little bit like it, it kind of lowers that kind of standard a they little bit, you know, it makes died it by their own undoing. you know, if it just been someone else who'd shown up, but you know, I'm happy for it to stay purely because the, the electric motorbike part is just funny. I mean, it was funny when he was dying. He was yeah. like, get my camera, you know, and the yeah. same when the, um, Again, where, though, that still felt like he was, because he's that reporter guy, yeah. again, it felt a bit overdone. Like, he says it about four or five times. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it was like when Michael Wincott, you know, when he he, he got the footage of the, the UFO, and then yeah. he was like, I, I have to get the master. This isn't the master. This isn't you know, the impossible. Which then ruined shot. it. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Well, I, I, got, I, I got that. No, I mean, I, mean, like I knew he was going to be that guy. It, it ruined the actual footage they had, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know if it did. I think he takes a different. That's a handheld one. The IMAX yeah. one's still down there. Oh, okay. I thought he could it's, take it. It was separate cameras. I have no idea if they still have it because it might all got sucked up or Who thrown knows? around. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. Anyway, we we went off on the tangent. Yeah. I went off on a tangent to talk about the whole um. Whatever we're talking about, we're talking about stuff. Let's let's end with the storm, I think. Yeah, let's Let's end on a positive. (laughs) (laughs) The storm um, was fantastic. Storm was amazing. The storm, Daniel Clear's character coming back, the power going out, we Angel's character who's just about to leave. The storm begins. 
he gets back, rushes back into the house. We have the whole like knife, uh, you know, where he's stood there kind of with a knife and they're like, what the fuck's going on? He grabs a knife for like no reason to then just go and hide under a table. Yeah. It's like, okay, what are you going to do? But I guess they don't know what this alien is at that point. No. Uh, they don't know if it's about to come down to them or something like that because only... Uh, Which seems the logical. Yeah, exactly. Thing. It's it. Yeah. That's why it seems the logical. That's why it makes sense. Um yeah, so the whole house starts getting... But the best part of it is, one, we start to get the falling debris, so we get confirmed to us. We get the scooter, the, fall, the wheelchair scooter that falls onto the roof. Yeah. We get the different parts of, like, different characters that you might have noticed as you were looking around, like their cameras, their jewellery, keys start yeah. to indent into the into the walls. I think you see a part of Stephen Young's jacket, which is on one of the posters for the yeah. film, which I was like, oh, I posted on our, on our Insta the other day yeah. with that kind of background. I was like, oh, the shit actually has a UFO on it. That's when it confirmed to me. I was like, he knows about the UFOs. Yeah. Because at that point, it seemed like he was just doing a horse show or something. Yeah. And it's like, there's UFOs all over your jacket. Oh, okay. That's cool. Um, we got all of that. But the money shot has to be one. We get the storm. At first, we get what looks like the storm kind of like as if the water goes up and then goes down. Well, we what, kind of get a moving yeah. of the rain. Well, one thing that was cool was as the, um, as, you know, as um, Kiki Palmer and uh, Angel Torres I don't know why I used one actor, actress's name and one character's name. <laughs> As they're in the house, we see the rain outside, you know, the storm coming down. Yeah. And then it stops as the alien is all over them. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I thought that was amazing. I was like, oh, fuck. Imagine seeing that. And then it starts to be an even heavier pour down. Yeah. Which you're like, why? And then you start to realise what it actually is that's pouring down when she goes past to get a flash of lightning and realise that, it's not rain. Yeah. It's the blood of all of those 40 people that is awesome. now raining down. And the blood looks awesome. Like coming yeah. down, running down. Like that shot where it shows it outside the house where the blood is just like falling down the the the, the UFO above it kind of thing was such like a money shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like you looked at it, I was like, fucking hell, that's so cool. It was awesome. And then um, yeah, then obviously when it came over to uh Daniel Kalua and oh, it's just such a we get the whole tense. Scene. Isn't that the same scene when he pops his head out the car door and goes, yes. looks up and sees it's like right there above he him? Goes, and nope, nope. Back yeah. into the car. Um, yeah, so I mean that scene, that scene literally, I remember literally I was sat there thinking to myself, going, you know what? I think I'm definitely like if this keeps going in this way, I'm gonna love it. You know, I'm gonna like this is gonna be like a, yeah, like this is a gonna be a great film. I understand why it's like so highly praised, kind of thing. Um we said, well, we said we finished on it, but I feel like we have to just quickly mention okay. it does go. This is where it starts to they, they make they make a plan. They're gonna kind of move through this quick because yeah. they make a plan. Um, they use a bunch of inflatable guys, they use a non-electric camera, like with uh, Michael uh Win Wincott's character co- comes to be the one to catch the impossible shot. We've already yeah. said he dies by his own kind of stupid kind of sacrifice <laughs> in a way. Um, to kind of get this shot. I think with the intention that he does know that these things get dropped back off. I don't know if he thinks that camera will be yeah, as in dropped down again, so this footage will live on. Maybe. Um, but we've had all of that with the TMZ guy. We have Daniel Kerr on a horse kind of thing, um, and Angel's kind of around. He, he does well save himself at one point when he's getting sucked up by literally you wonder why he's putting barbed wire yeah. around himself. He's wrapped himself around. 
And it's purely because the second he tries to get sucks him in, he's actually attached to a fence and it just saves him. Yeah. Because at first I was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Yeah, I like <laughs> I liked him. I think he called Cal. He was a, he was he was a very he was a funny, he was like enjoyable. I like the fact that they kind of had to have an actual tech. It wasn't just them magically knowing how to do all this stuff. Yeah. They actually had to have experts to help them do it, which again was a good kind of like character to know like they aren't actually going to be experts on half yeah. of this stuff. Um so yeah, so we get the whole roaming of the 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 UFO, and we get Danny Kalura getting chased on a horse. Yeah, you know, which is a great a great shot where you've got him going. Um, but then the, this is the this is the part for me. Like the build up to this is fine. The plan was fine. It's just this final part. We kind of it it suddenly feels a little bit less inspired. Yeah, and the creature changes form into. We've mentioned this. I don't know angel jellyfish with a weird box of uh string yeah <laughs> not string like whatever you'd call it kind of um tendrils yeah kind of but they look like they kind of look like plastic like like when you have like green plastic or something you know yeah mean? like coming out of it i don't know i wasn't keen on the design and i kind of like the fact the ufo kind of looked a bit like a ufo like a silver but it also had a kind of it had a skin that kind of reminded me of a shark anyway. So it was yeah. kind of that kind of play in my head anyway. Um, I don't know why. The, the the change of form just suddenly made it look weird, having that in the background chasing them. Yeah. It, 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 it felt unnecessary, to be honest. It felt like they still could have achieved the same thing with this. Daniel Kaluuya's character obviously sacrificed, like it appears to sacrifice himself. Yeah. Um, and we get Kiki Palmer who gets that impossible shot at the end. And she lets off the balloon of Dupe's character yeah. uh, from his show and lets that off into the air. And obviously it takes that in because they already know that it hated the fact earlier in the film, the reason, and in all of the posters, it has the little bunting kind of uh, kite kind yeah. of thing flying down is because it's it actually sucked up a plastic horse, yeah. which it did not like. And it spits it back out onto the top of Daniel Clue's car in yeah. one of the scenes. In the storm, yeah. In the storm scene. Um, so they know that it doesn't like that. And now they think, can I put something bigger into it? Obviously, so and she puts something bigger, knowing that that will mess him up with the idea that it's going to hurt him. Don't know if she knows it's going to have this much. I think, I think they, they know that if it gets squeezed, it's going to explode. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, I, and again, so this is what I mean. And, and again, i got to be honest, again, just to say, I did say I would come back to this. Jaws, one. We take an item, we get it inside of the monster, and it blows up. Yeah. We have a character who we think is dead returned right at the final shot of the film. Daniel Kaluuya's character coming back at the end, just like in Jaws when the character dies. We have the person who is seen as more of the expert in the field who then dies from the monster, chasing that impossible kind of yeah. thing. You know, and all of this kind of movement of the alien going around, these scenes that kind of build to it, the fact that they've got a plan and that the plan doesn't work out and that they have to kind of move away from it. To me, that just all felt, this is why I think it's being compared to Spielberg, because it is so, it's so very, very Jaws in its approach. I don't know. For me. You know, in its suspense, there's just too many parallels in my head that were just there. Well, for me, I, you know, I, uh, I just, after the storm, you know, I just when they were formulating the plan, I thought, okay, you know, maybe we, maybe we'll get to the next part. But I don't know. Just I didn't. Yeah, again, you know, the end. I didn't. I I didn't really feel any tension. 
No, the, the end part, I'll admit, that's is this is my, I think it, it goes a bit limp because I think there's so much suspense in that storm scene yeah. before it, you know, and you know that there's going to be a little bit of a calm, but the problem is like that storm seems so strong that then makes this bit seem a little bit weak. Like the, the suspense isn't totally there. I don't know why if part of me just didn't believe that Daniel Clue's character was going to die, but even the fact that we don't, like, we don't really see it much at all, but we do hear what sounds like the horse screaming, so we think yeah. maybe. Um, but we don't get, no, like, this last part doesn't really have that huge tension because it does kind of play out the way I expected it to. I expect my, I expected Michael Wincott's character to die. I thought maybe yeah. maybe Angel character might die, kind of thing. Um, uh, and like everyone kind of the characters I expected to live were OJ and M and it kind of played out yeah. like that and a lot of the chase scenes just didn't feel like it. they weren't just suddenly going to get sucked up so it kind of didn't have that kind of tension for me but my main thing is the fact that although I really like that UFO and kind of uh, that being an actual living organism and I liked that kind of like subverting idea yeah, I also think that he with that idea, slightly backed himself into a corner of what do you do with a creature like this that could just suck you up? What are these characters when we're keeping it to such a small kind of setting? Yeah. What are these characters actually going to do to stop this creature? Because yeah. it's like that. And for some people, the you know the air balloon thing is going to be a little bit like almost comical to them and seem a little bit silly, maybe. Yeah. I think I can I can see how that might. You know, I, I don't think everyone. To I think. Anna, yeah, Anna says. she said she didn't really get that kind of thing. Yeah. I can see a lot of people being a bit like, mm, that seems a little bit really silly or a little bit, film, you know, yeah. it's just a little bit off. And I, I just do think that last, you know, that last half an hour is just a little bit off from the rest of the film. I pretty much, up until the even the plan, I was pretty happy. It just is that last bit, especially when the creature changes design that I just, I don't know, it, it felt like he didn't know how to completely wrap this story up. Maybe. You know I mean, yeah. it felt like, you know, we had to have the one character go off by themselves to kind of try and stop and blow up the creature. And again, you know, flogging a dead horse. But again, this was her on the ground, it in the air, but it still kind of felt, it felt like he was trying that jaw scene without the tension, without the buildup, without the, the shot to kill it off. It was yeah. just, we watched it suck up a balloon and then it, it realized it can't take it and it bursts. It doesn't, it didn't feel like a big moment to me. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it didn't feel that big. So my main problem is it just doesn't stick that landing. But most of the film, I think, is a strong, it's fantastically shot. Cinematography is beautiful. I think Jordan Peele's direction is very good. I think for the most part, his writing is very good. Yeah. As we said, I think he is getting better at being a little bit more subtle with some of his tones and stuff like that. Um, I would be interested to see if this is going to be the way it continues or whether he's going to continue to do, I don't know, horror. he might not even do horror, he might go into a different film. I think next. he loves horror. I think he loves horror, but I, I don't know if he's going to go any more kind of graphic or brutal in any way. I can't imagine. Because so. I think he likes to tell it in this Hitchcockian, Spielbergian kind yeah, of... Yeah, that's what I You know, that kind of laid out long. So I don't think you'll ever expect like a short. It's always going to be like a two-hour kind of film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it in that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me to to kind of summarise, um, I think I think it's a, it's an extremely well made film. Um, I I feel like particularly Daniel Kalu and Kiki Palmer knock it out of the park. I think there's really strong performances by them. 
Same with Stephen Stephen Yen. I would have maybe preferred to have him in a little bit more. Um, I like a lot of the themes. Uh, however, I kind of uh, right now I'm not overly huge on the subversion. Yet again, maybe watching this again, knowing that it's not a you know it's not a UFO, it's an actual living thing that could change. You know, it could change on the next watch. Um, I just think I was let down by the lack of tension throughout most of the film for me. There were there were some moments of tension, but I think a large amount of it just wasn't really there. Um, but I would, I mean, I'm gonna rec- I would recommend people go and see this. I always think if you know, particularly a new film that's yeah. you know, that's not just a you know another sequel or a remake or a cash it's original and i mentioned as before i think when it's a film like this where you kind of have to have an aura of mystery around it i think it's better to see it on the big screen where you fully have to concentrate on it kind of thing in this kind of way so you know if you can get to see it in the cinema i think it's going to help your experience a lot more with this kind of film yeah definitely um well, as always, um, thank you for listening to the show. Yeah, um, we have been sweating. We've we been both sat here. I feel like I'm like a sweat, like a ball of sweat right now. Yeah, the longer we've been sat here, the more I've seen. It, it's hot in the evenings. It's still 26 degrees, man. Yeah, it's almost midnight. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, as always, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button um, on whichever. Uh, podcast app you're listening to so you get the episodes as soon as they're released um and come and find us on twitter and instagram uh, and tiktok at cmth podcast we will see you soon um watch don't go uh riding any horses or um watch the clouds watch the clouds (laughs) bye bye